Good afternoon, and welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Do you want to help make the world a better place but don't know where to start? Join us as we explore the possibilities on today's show with inspiring guests, uplifting music, and new ideas. So let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lori Ann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead. Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Lorianne Rising. And I'm your other host, Uncle Mark Olmstead. If you haven't heard about it before, November is National Novel Writing Month. NaNoWriMo has been hosting an online creative community since 1999 that challenges writers to write a 50,000-word manuscript between November 1st and November 30th. That's 1,667 words per day, every single day. So could you do it? What does it really take to be a successful author in today's world? We're excited to welcome Lawrence O'Brien here with us today for part one of a three-part series we're doing on being a successful author, where we're covering the writing process, book marketing, and then answering listener questions. Lawrence has had three novels published by HarperCollins. One has been optioned twice to become a movie, and his work has been translated into 10 other languages. His first novel, The Istanbul Puzzle, was shortlisted for Irish Crime Novel of the Year and won the Southern California Writers' Conference Grand Prize. He self-published Social Media is Dynamite for Writers, two additional novels in the puzzle series, and three novels in a series set in the late Roman Empire, starting with The Sign of the Blood, about the first Christian emperor. His new thriller series is set in the pandemic. Lawrence also founded the International Dublin Writers Festival and Books Go Social to help writers connect with readers. Welcome, Lawrence. We're really excited you're here with us. Lawrence. It's wonderful to be here, and hello to all the listeners. It's really nice to be speaking to you. I am in Dublin in Ireland, and it is wonderful to be speaking to you. I hope you're all well. Oh, boy, and I just love the accents. This is one of my favorite passions is to be... Uh, now, now I've, I, I, pardon me if I don't try to practice just a wee little bit here. You know, once <laughs> yeah. <a> while, so, <laughs> so. <laughs> I'll, try to be, I'll try to behave myself. Oh, well. Okay. Anyway, but uh, so, so, Lawrence... What do you consider a quality book? Uh, quality is in the eye of the beholder. Ah. It all depends what you <laughs> like, what you want. You know, I, I think some books are great, amazing, and you may think they're rubbish. So it's all about what you love. Books are about finding what you love. What do you really like reading? So listeners will know this. What do you like? You know, you don't have to share it with your friends. You don't have to tell anyone about it. Just find the books you like. That's a quality book for me. Mm. All right. Well, so nothing about necessarily audience appeal or success or, or anything like that to, 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 to be concerned with. It's just about, it's just about what you like. Could be a local book, something to do with history, your family, something to do with your area. That could be a quality book. I don't uh, adhere to this. It has to be literary or win an award or anything. You know, whatever you think is, is good and right and you enjoy Local books are often great. So, and there are some strange books I like, you know, which others wouldn't like. So it's, uh, it's what you like is quality. All right, very good. You know, during, during well, this 2020 season we're having, there's a lot of people that are writing books that haven't before, you know, I mean, what, for a lot of people, it's like, you know, what else are you going to do when you're sitting at home? Right. So 
I'm really curious, what kinds of qualities and characteristics would you say make up a successful author for, you know, what, what would a first time person really need to be focusing on to head in that direction? Well, we've got two main types of books. One is fiction and one is nonfiction. So let's start with the fiction. And in fiction, it's really about a great story. Do you have a story, something that has a beginning, a middle and an end, something that's engaging? We're all watching a lot of TV now, and some of us are reading a lot of books. So we know that there's, this has these parts to it. And we know that it should have some inciting incident, something exciting should happen. And then the story should go on from there and have an end, or an end that is satisfying, that you feel something good coming from it. So you have that structure of a story. And most of us know this inside. We know that a story should have a beginning, a middle and an end. And we know that it should be satisfying in some way. So that for fiction is a good way to start. For nonfiction, what you really want to be writing about is things that you really know. People want to read from an expert. If you're a surgeon, for instance, and you write a book about surgery, people will be interested in reading that. But if you've never done surgery and you decide to write a book about surgery, it's going to be a bit difficult, right? And a lot of people are not going to probably buy it. So if you're doing nonfiction, please focus on something that you know about. And there are a huge number of nonfiction subjects particularly if you're explaining things to people and tell people how to do things, you know, how to fix this car, how to, you know, how to create electricity, whatever you know how to do, you know, you can explain things to people. And books don't have to be the traditional size anymore. They don't have to be really long. They can be quite short. People are interested in guides, you know, guidebooks, how to do this and that. And even to your local area, you know, a guide to your local area. People are interested in that. And there's still so many books haven't been written yet. So we're waiting to see all these wonderful books that are going to come out in the next year. Mm-hmm. So I'm certainly waiting to see the wonderful things that are going to come out. I know that a hundred years ago after the pandemic, we had the Jazz Age and the Great Gatsby mm-hmm. and all the writing that came out in the 20s. So we've got a lot to look forward to. Mm, that's a that's wonderful really thought. Cool. All these people with all this time to write right now, and, and that's just what's going on. That'll be, that will be something to look forward to. Well, and, and along those lines, would you consider writing more of a, of as a, like a gift that you have or, or something that you really just have to struggle to develop and, and work at? Writing is a craft. You wouldn't expect um, a painter uh, to just go in and start painting wonderful, uh, wonderful paintings. Uh, people have to learn how to do it. You have to have an interest in it, and an interest in books is a really a good place to start, and an interest in stories is a good place to start. But you can get better if you have an interest and you decide you want to be a writer. You can learn the craft, and there are a lot of great books about writing. You can learn from those, and you can also learn from reading. So it's not entirely a gift. There are some parts of it that are a gift that are that you can you can uh, you can write the words you can describe things, but uh, it's also a craft that you have to learn. So it takes time. Don't expect immediately to come out with the best painting or the best book. You can learn how to do it and look in your library or look online for books about writing about writing the type of book that you want to write. What's, what's been your process? I'm just curious, that, like, when did you really start getting serious about writing or was it something you've just always done? Uh, not always done. I stopped. Um, I really wanted to be a writer a long time ago. I had a dream, but about 20 years ago, 
uh, when I when we had a, the last big recession, I got fired from a job, and I wanted to I wanted to something new, something different to the corporate world. You know, the rat race corporate world. I wanted to create something. Also, there's an urge to create something, not just to consume things all the time, but also to create. And there's a real pleasure, even if your book doesn't become number one, doesn't do amazingly. There's a real pleasure in creating something, making something from that you've decided on and built yourself. So there's a real pleasure in that. So I started about 20 years ago. At the beginning, the first book I wrote was, I couldn't even finish it. I got about 50 pages and I realized that all I had was an incident, just an inciting incident. I didn't really have any idea about this beginning, middle and end. So I had to start reading some books about the structure. How do you structure a book? How do you do it? So it's from others and from reading about the structure of a book that you start to realize, ah, yes, okay, there's a structure. I need, I need to have a, a storyline that's going to take me up and there's going to be various things that happen to the character, not just one thing at the beginning, various things that happen and it's going to get more and more difficult for that character over time. And then there's going to, he or she is going to be able to solve the problems and at the end you have uh, something, that, uh, something that's satisfying. Any, anything to write about these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's lots going on in the world, that's for sure. Oh, so I'm, you know, when, when you were first starting out, I know when I wrote my first book, of course, it brought up all kinds of the, you know, all the reasons I hadn't done it before, basically. And so I'm curious for you if there were, you know, any of those doubts or fears or obstacles to overcome to getting that first book complete? I know you mentioned one of them, understanding structure differently, um, but what, what else? Wow, yeah, there is that I'm not good enough thing. I'll never do this. <laughs> That's a big thing. You know, you, uh, I certainly felt that I'll never get it done. It's never going to work. I'm never going to get published. You know, all of that, you feel that quite strongly, the imposter sim, uh, syndrome, mm. they call it. Mm. And the best, the best way to conquer that is just to keep going. We all feel at the beginning we're going to, you know, we're not going to do it. And the best way to conquer that is just to keep going. Try to put those thoughts aside. Just keep going. Get involved with other writers is another great way to help because you'll find that we all feel a bit of that. And when you start talking to other writers and they say, yeah, I feel it too. So a bit of community, finding writers groups in your area or online and talking to them. And you'll find that you're not alone in this, that a lot of people are going through this and are not sure if they'll be able to make it. And I need a bit of a community to get them going. And also books can inspire you as well. So if you read a great book that can inspire you, or if you watch a great movie, one of the series I wrote was basically, you know, I loved Gladiator, that Roman Empire series, you know, what is it, mm -hmm. over 20 years ago, Roman Empire, a movie 20 years ago. And so that inspired me to write because it was just so moving. So things can inspire you and the community can help you. And we all get those feelings. That's really normal to feel I'm not going to be mm -hmm. good enough. I can't make it as a writer. But there are opportunities for us. And there are plenty of opportunities coming in the future in the next decade. Why? Well, and so along those lines of the, the creating the, the process or, or actually just staying at it, do you have a, like a daily process that you do that you, a, a regimen that you stick to that you're just, you know, that keeps you on track? And sure. I definitely do. And I try to work, I try to write as many days of the week as possible. So it'll typically be seven days. If I miss a day or two, 
that's not great. So typically I'll work, uh, I'll write six or seven days and I'll aim for around about a thousand to 1500 words a day. So wow. I've got into that routine and it, it just works. If you just push ahead, don't worry about the quality of what you're writing, just push ahead and keep going. That'll usually take about an hour and a half to two hours. And then in the morning, first thing, I read through what I've written yesterday and fix all the crazy stuff. And then I also know that centers me in the story so then I can keep going. But at the beginning, I was writing 500 or less words in a day. So don't worry about at the beginning, you know, if you're starting a process, you might only write 100 words. So say, okay, I'm just going to do 100 words, you know, a third of a page. I'm just I'm not going to do a lot, but I'm going to do it every day. You write 100 words. You'll find you've got a lot done. After six months, you've got a lot done. This is a long-term process where you just say, okay, 100 words. You can do that in a coffee break. So you do a long coffee break. You do 100 okay. words and then, you, and then you move on to the next and you keep going and you say, okay. And you don't have to tell everybody. That's the thing. You don't mm. have to say to everybody, I'm writing a book. You just hide it away, you know, put it in a drawer somewhere, you know, keep it hidden and, and that's it. You're writing a book. You don't have to tell people, but you're writing a book and it's great. It's just a wonderful journey. You can find freedom. You can put down how you're feeling. You can put down the challenges that you face, but change that you can change all the names. So it's about somebody else <laughs> and, and you can work your way through a lot of stuff and it's really interesting. Or you can go on an adventure, you know, to the moon or to Mars or somewhere else or wherever you want to go. You can write yourself into the adventure be part of an adventure, make your own adventure. I love that because I, I love that you brought up that it can be done in small bits because I, I remember when I wrote my first book, I kind of did it to see if I could, you know, sort of thing like, okay, I've never done this before. I'm going to give it a shot. But my kids were really young. I was working full time. Life was crazy. So I did exactly what you mentioned. It was, I kept a notebook with me and at a stoplight, I'd write down a sentence and, you know, my coffee breaks at the job I had, I would write down a few sentences. And when I did that consistently, when I had those magic two hours that I didn't know was coming, that, you know, maybe Nana picked up the kids or something like that, I would know exactly what to work on and it would come together. But if I did not take those baby steps in between, I'd have that two-hour window show up and I'd have no idea what to do with it. And so I think people have kind of this myth around, well, if I'm going to be an author, I have to have two-hour blocks of time every day and I can't do that. So I love that you brought that up. And I, I really appreciate the idea that going back and rereading what you wrote yesterday to kind of help ground you in the story. And it, so you're, you're basically saying that, that through what you wrote today and what you reread yesterday is going to give you more of the creativity of where the story is going for tomorrow and what you're going to write coming up. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think maybe that's just me because I start to forget what I'm writing about. I want to make sure... <laughs> I want to make sure that the story continues in the right way. I don't forget, the, you know, the color of the person's hair or what planet they're on. You know, you got to make sure that it, it sort of sits right, you know, that it all goes right, that they're on the right, that it's morning. If you yesterday you were there in the morning, you know, it's got to be in the morning when you keep writing today. So you got to make sure all that like structural stuff is right. And so that helps me do that. Being a writer is like 
you've suddenly entered this society, this secret society of writers. And you don't have to join up. You don't have to send any fees, right? All you have to do is start. You don't have to tell anyone. But you're suddenly on this journey and that you don't know where it's going to take you in the next five years, in the next 10 years. You have no idea. You could end up winning awards. You could end up your, your, your book being a, a TV show or a movie. You have no idea if you start and you keep going. And as Laurie says, if you just do a little and then a little bit more, when you get a good idea, write it down. And then, you know, sometimes I wake up and, and that's what I, you know, my brain's going, oh, I got to write that. I just realized, you know, you know, they should be. It's, 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 I can do this with them. I can do that. And reading really helps me. I don't, you don't take people's ideas, but you, you use them. You know, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. Okay, so we don't copy other books, but we read something and we say, wow, that was really well done. How do they do that? Can I use some part of that, some angle of that in my own book? So read a lot and think about how that works, how the writing works and think about how you can use that. So we don't copy books, but we use the ideas that they have in them. That's what all writers have done. We've used the ideas, the previous writers, to make something even better or something that really interests us, that's set in our location. Instead of being set in some other place that we don't know about, we can, we can take plot ideas and we can put them in our location and make them relevant to us. Mm, that's really neat. Now, I'm curious, well, one of the things that it, it sounds like, and feel free to correct me, but I'm kind of hearing like, you don't really have an outline or a storyboard type of thing. You're sitting down and sort of making it up as you go. I've heard a lot of people talk about storyboard, the whole thing, and then you're filling in different pieces. Is that accurate? Or like, is there like a one size fits all process type of thing you recommend? Like or? Chapters first or something or, or a, over overview no no i just have some ideas about location and something happening that somebody goes somewhere and there's a disaster that happens to them so i just have ideas and uh, and challenges that the person faces i don't so we have two types of writers in this area. One is a plotter and the other is a pantser. It does it by the seat of their pants. And I'm more of a pantser. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm more of a pantser. So I will, I will start with something good and always start in the middle of the action. You know, a hundred years ago, we used to write from the person's childhood and then when they reach 30, you take about 30 pages to get there. Nowadays, we just start when they're 30. You know, when something happens to them. So, that, so in the middle of the action, we start and we move from there. So often it's about, you want to write about something that's going on, like the pandemic stuff, something that's happened to your family. And you want to go right in the middle of it. And you want to write about that. You don't want to start 20 years before because we, we, you know, with TV, we want to cut out all the boring stuff. We want to get to the story. We want to get to the action. So yeah. then you've got something to write about. And then you think, well, where is it going? This is what I do anyway. I think, well, where is this going to go? Do they resolve something? Does something get resolved for the family? Do people come together? Is that, you know, are we talking about a happy ending? Is that what's going to happen? Hopefully, or whatever happens. You know, so we think about, yes, we've got a beginning. Then I know that somewhere there's going to be an end. But I don't do all that plotting stuff. I know some people like it. And that's, if you're into that, that's fine. You know, I know definitely there are people who love doing that. You know, that 
they'll write a 50 page outline or the whole book will be outlined right down to what's happening in each in each scene and how the characters develop mm-hmm. so some people are into that and if if you're into that that's great whatever it takes is uh, is mm-hmm. is what it's about wow that's that's <laughs> nice that there's that permission to be yeah. free in that process and that's something you've brought up that idea of freedom as an author and uh we're kind of getting close to the end of our time but i really just want to ask what your definition of of being free as an author is really about oh this is really important stuff right this is freedom of speech right this is what uh, america the west this is what we're built on you know is freedom of speech that if you have a story and you want to write it we don't live in china or saudi arabia where you have to get approval before you publish a book you have the freedom to write the story that you want to write this is like the heart of what the you know what we believe in you know what uh, what's important to us and uh, i know it's important uh, in a lot of other countries as well you know this a lot of western countries and other countries so this is a really at the heart of it. You are free to write what you want. Mm, that's powerful. The American way. So be a writer. <laughs> Even from <laughs> Ireland, you know. <laughs> oh, exactly. exactly. Well, hey, and, and you heard it straight from Dublin. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we have permission to be American. For, yeah. This is good. Thank well, you very much, Lawrence. Oh, my goodness. Yes. What, a, what a great Thank segment. you so, so much. Now, as a... As an award-winning author who uh, <clears throat> has had challenges with marketing, I am really looking forward to next week's uh, or our next segment together. Ne- next month, when yeah. Into- next month, yes. Just real quick so, before we go, you. though, Lawrence, how can people find you and connect with you? Because I know with your books, I know you have you do you do help other authors as well, and there's a writers' conference as well that you you have. So, I, how do people find you? Yeah. Well, you can look up either the International Dublin Writers Festival or lpobrian.com. That's L-P-O-B-R-Y-A-N.com or the International Dublin Writers Festival. And you see a lot of stuff uh, there, a lot of links to things and emails and links to our site there as well. So it's been wonderful and I really look forward to speaking to everyone next month as well. Thank you, Laurie. And thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for being with us, Lawrence. We'll look forward to next round. But for right now, we actually do need to take a quick break. Uh, So I'm actually really curious of listeners out there. What is your passion and how are you helping create a world that works for everyone? We want to hear your story and help you reach our worldwide audience. So visit riseandshineasone.com to learn more. Continuing in the theme of personal and artistic expression today, after the break, we're going to be talking with Sarah Hope Adams, a singer, musician, and sound healer. When we come back, enjoy one of Sarah's originals, Children of Music, right after this. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? 
To learn more about Uncle Mark's Best Indie Book Award-winning kids book, his music, and resources to support families, visit truesunbeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at truesunbeam.com. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Laurieann Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit laurieannrising.com. rise and shine that beautiful song was children of music by our next guest today sarah hope adams sarah is a singer musician and i mean musician she is amazing she she actually was one of the backup and uh, support musicians on uh, one of my cds one piece at a time and so i can say she is a musician sound healer and transformational life coach Since she was a child, the healing power of music has been a constant companion. Along the way, she has found music and song to be lifelines in the dark night, paving the way out of confusion and chaos and offering a powerful beacon of hope and positivity. Excuse me. As a self-love coach, she works with her clients to restore hope and create positivity using music and song 
as a major part of recovery. Welcome, Welcome Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> Glad you're here. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. It's great to be here. Oh, man. Well, this is it's <laughs> really been so cool to see the evolutions that you've been going through lately and getting your music out there. And I'm just so proud of you. This is wonderful. This is awesome to see. And we've been friends forever, so I can talk to Sarah like this. It's like, we, <laughs> what, how long has it been now? A couple of decades or something, at least? Gosh, since? I think I first saw you at LEC in like 1995 or 96. Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so I was just graduating yep. high school in, in, yeah. around that time. So yep. Is that 24 years it ago? It has been <laughs> a Golly. journey. Absolutely. Wow. And I'm what telling you what, this lady can sing. Yes, she can. I am telling you what. So yep. as, as you've heard a little bit. Aww. But uh, I'm just so grateful for your participation. But we're not to talk about me. So this is, so uh, <laughs> you've uh, you've been on quite a journey. So tell us about it. And the, the, the role music has really been playing for you in your life personally. Well... I really started from very young and my dad was a musician and a singer. My mom was a singer and my dad would bring his guitar, his old Martin guitar uh -huh. into the, our little upstairs uh, one bedroom apartment in Venice Beach. And he would sing to me and my brother while we were in our bunk beds getting ready for bed, you know, and he would sing down in the valley and the fox went out one starry night and this land is your land, you know, and Peter, Paul, and Mary, and uh, so music. You got music sung was, to, Oh my! I got goodness. sung to bed almost oh. every night. I think they were singing oh, for that's us. That's fantastic! That so oh my gosh, how how lucky! How, but it, but then it's seeing your life and seeing how important that is for you. From yeah. what age? What what ages was this that he was doing this? Oh, from birth. Really? Birth on. Yeah, we. We had music almost every night. And um, it's interesting because the same songs that dad sang, you know, to put me and Sam to sleep at night came full circle. And sometimes I actually start to cry when I think about it because when my dad was deteriorating into dementia and he would go through these real panics, uh, especially at about four o'clock in the afternoon, he'd get sundowner syndrome and he'd be very afraid and disoriented. And I would come back and I would sing him the exact songs that he sang oh, to put us to sleep. And they oh. would bring him into consciousness and he would look at me and remember who he was. Mm. And there's like, something about the part of the brain where song is stored. Yep. It, it's immune to it, deteriorating. It just I, connects all that stuff amazing. up in there. I am very clear about this. It's, yeah, it's amazing. I've seen more yeah. and more videos of people bringing music that's familiar to those with dementia and it brings them yes. back. Yes. And, and what is that movie? Well. The movie Awakenings, isn't that, wasn't that about that subject with Robin Williams or something? Little, or is there a different one? Is that, that was a, a different, different one I'm thinking of? Anyway, but it's not, but it's, it's but just it, so clear that brain development and, and, and I think uh, when, when you're talking about for you, I mean, music is just so core for you yeah, to have that being, being your, your dream time influence that you got to dream to every night for eight hours or however long <laughs> you slept. You know, it's yeah. just amazing to see how that has translated into your life and, uh, yeah. and the power of that. 
So, and I, I went to dementia care units before COVID-19. I was touring dementia care units in Portland as a legacy because after my dad passed, it was a way of staying connected to him to know that I was still singing his songs. Oh, absolutely. To, oh, that's yeah, so, so it was awesome, a beautiful Sarah. connection to him. Well, that's yeah. obviously, yes. that's probably part of what you mean by sound healing. Uh, but but I, I would imagine, so, but how do you really define sound healing that you, that you <laughs> well, share with clients? Yeah, so it's such a big topic. You know, I was thinking it would be so fun for the three of us to just schmooze about all the music in our lives and how, you know, music has been there at every juncture. There's the there's the song at your first dance at your wedding. There's mm -hmm. the song of the breakup with that that really precious beloved that got you through. There's the song at the funeral that you sang at the memorial that you sang that brought mm -hmm. everyone to tears. So it's like music has such a power in it. Like I was, I was feeling into that. Like I come from many memories of planetary systems where the infinite heart was totally awake and unity was a harmonic that spread through the whole of our planet. And here on earth, we are in a time of pretty great suppression of that infinite heart. But music is like a messenger from the beyond. When the harmonics combine just right, and the words, there's, for me, a it's, portal opens, and it's like a message from home. So I comes and this, right in. So, so just, just a, a little clue here that, uh, that yeah. Sarah is, is dialed into many dimensions. She has been, uh, she has been uh, kind of an amazing inspiration yeah. for a lot of us. And so I'm, I'm very much into the frequency uh, relationship that, that, our, that, that we are made of matter, which is vibrating yeah. energy, which is basically frequencies, which yeah. is sound. We are made of we are made music. Of sound. We are, we made, are made of music. Of music. And, and we are we are walking <laughs> orchestrations of vibrational energy. And I'm very yes. clear and and through using uh, vibrational healing tools that uh, Raymond Reif came up with, you know, almost a hundred years ago now. And, and seeing the, the results that, that he's experienced and, and had showed to our society, you know, almost 100 years ago now, it's, uh, it's, it's, no, it's, it's absolutely a celebration of what you're, you're doing here with clients now. Yeah, uh, not that you but use I want to tell machines. you one more thing, Mark, about my childhood because it's oh, oh, really, yes. it's cool. This is really a cool thing because when I was nine years old, okay, I had never slept walk before and I never slept walked after this. But the one and only time I slept walked, I marched into my mom and dad's bedroom and I had to go down the hall. We had moved to Santa Monica now, so mm -hmm. it was down the hall. And I marched into their room and I crossed my arms and I said, where is the music food? <laughs> and I, oh. I demanded like, bring it on where's the music food and wow. my whole life has been a quest like a like a wolf that jumps to nip at the air to find the scent of of the animal that he's going that, to eat you, you you've been hunting the music food. i've been hunting the music food all my life <laughs> i have never i, love that I have never heard music food <laughs> and oh, those are the really harmonics good. those are the harmonics that lift yeah. us into love and unity and literally instruct the dna they instruct the genetic code how to return 
to unity. Well, well, and it's, it's also the words. It's not just the sounds. It's the words. Right, but love. so so there there's Dr. Emoto's work then, and in the yes. word the 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 work that he did with taking pictures of the water and the and the crystals that form <sighs> as a result of those words being the just words. associated with the water. It, it's just so it's powerful. it's the the evidence and the and the examples of it are, are everywhere. It's so, so so I got I got to so cool. ask yeah. though when it comes to sound healing itself and the frequencies and the vibrations and things like that are there any that would maybe wouldn't be included i mean like is all music and frequency healing or like how does that work no no, yeah, no, I would say no. No, no, no because that. it has to be sound that has intention of love mm-hmm. and unity. Okay. If sound has intention of rage and anger and separation and violence, then it's that's, very damaging. That's what you so get. So sound magnifies intention. So if you sing a love song, like I can go out into my yard where all the trees are and the sun is shining and I can sing love into the air and the birds will literally start going. They hear their own name in my song. It's the Mm -hmm. calling card of unity. And that's happened to me where I just go out and I sing, you know, I am one with the earth. I am one with the sky. I am one with the love that flows through you and I. And I and everything answers me in creation because I'm singing as oneness. But if you're singing as separation, everything will answer you that is angry and wounded because we have the pain body. Right. And we have we I'll get a little woo woo without getting too woo woo. But we have if we think of our of our emotional bodies as sails on a sailboat. Right. We have big, powerful, emotional bodies that if we're, if the wind of joy is moving through that sail, it will carry us deep into the heart of joy and sustained sound ah, with words and harmonics has the greatest power to carry us. But if, if the wind of violence and anger, like you see in some of these really disturbing music, which I can't even listen to, I just can't, I only listen to love. Mm-hmm. I do listen to songs that have strength in them and power, but that's different than the ones that are really uh, carrying yeah. the frequency okay. of death. Yeah, that, that, makes, and... that, that makes a lot of sense. I'm just thinking not everyone that might be listening is familiar with Dr. Emoto's work. And so oh. it sounds like there's, there's a distinction between the intention and the music itself Absolutely. is really, and so yeah. that intention being combined makes it that much more powerful and i so love your descriptions and your imagery and the way you describe things that is just so beautiful i love that very much yeah i'm gonna just play you guys a little song snippet of one of the first songs that ever called the unity field into being and this will be in the healing song package and this one's called spirit come home just gonna play a snippet of it Sweet. 
health consequences health basically. issues yeah. from them is yeah. That, yeah absolutely okay. yeah absolutely yeah, and i think i personally what sorry right? go ahead if sorry we're I... listening to thought forms that aren't nourishing mm-hmm. right right well you know? i think and how much of of what we're going through in society today would you say sarah is a result perhaps if not direct result of mm-hmm. the quality of music that we're listening to as a culture yeah, I mean, I think music is an outpressing of the consciousness. And it's kind of, you know, I grew up in the 60s and 70s when when the music was all about unity, right? It was the summer of love. It was the, mm-hmm. it was so, but nowadays, there's still a lot of beautiful music out there. Mm-hmm. So it's important, but, but yeah, I think it's a result of the fact that as a planet, you know, we're coming to the boiling point. Whenever there's a huge change, there's always crisis. And mm-hmm. we really are building uh, an alchemical polarity of such extremes because that's birth. You know, when a mother's having a baby, that 10 centimeters, that, that cervix dilates because the baby's pushing to come out. And we're pushing to birth a new earth. I could do a whole nother show. <laughs> <laughs> But so this is my a, this is about a birthing the new earth. This is a this brief is introduction a to Sarah. <laughs> yeah, this is like, yeah, I mean, I could totally do a birthing song. You know, right. Well, we're, actually, we're, we're, we're moving we're, into sort of getting to the end of the show, but we're going to be playing oh, another song kind of as we exit. Yeah, I want to tell you about a, that. A wash in the sea of love. Correct? Yes. That, so, how, yes. so yeah, I would love to hear about that one. And how can listeners use that song for, for this next coming yes. song for healing? So, so this song is about going back to the womb. And in the womb, there were many messages, depending on your birth and if there was trauma and coming in through the ring of fire of separation consciousness. And this is to go back to the womb and give you, help you be born in perfect love, to really feel yourself literally resting in the sea of love. So it's like a harmonic sea of love through the sound and then through the affirmations it's encoding your dna with the the highest possibility for your birth into your fullest potential so if as you listen to the song you'll hear many affirmations right the first one being let yourself be awash in a sea of love the next one being love is the answer the next one being we are one with everything. You know, the next mm-hmm. one being the same heart is beating us, the same breath is breathing us, the same love is calling mm-hmm. us home. And so it just encodes the unity and the love of our original divine blueprint through the words, through the song. So it's great to just, um, and you'll get the full version in my in the healing song package. This one's just three minutes, the full version's 10 minutes. Okay. So we have just another yeah. minute or so. Tell us briefly about the course and the package you're talking about and, yeah. and your website so they can come find it. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, uh, the course is called Riding the Wings of Joy, and it's all about fortifying ourselves with positivity through music, through sound, through nutrition, through breath work, through affirmations. And we really accompany i really accompany you through these next eight weeks which are times of great transition on the planet a lot of shadow is Mm. going to be clearing 
We have a lot of techniques for emotional body clearing, for really remothering, reparenting ourselves through this time of great transition with the most positive input coming in. And it starts on November 22nd. So it's sarahhopeadams.com. And I think, Lori, you guys will have that link. Yeah, we're going to put it on the website as well to make it okay. really easy and stuff too. So yeah, we'll definitely Yeah, that. And, then, and then we have um, the healing song package, which you guys have the link for that too, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, so that'll be um, some of the cream of the crop of my music. You know, I'm really awesome. going through... And I'm going through the last 15 years of the best, the most powerful songs of love and healing. And there'll be some sound healing tracks, purely instrumental with me singing, not words, but just, we didn't get into my sound healing light yeah. language. Translating but I my light language tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Translating wow. star family love. Oh, there basically. you go. Well, we, we so love. appreciate you being with us Absolutely. today. I'm really <laughs> Absolutely. looking forward to wow, it. Wow, that was a fast ride. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. So Coach. thank you very yeah, much. Really, really, really appreciate your yeah. uh, everything you've been doing for uh for uh, and all the kids you work with and the the energy oh, yeah i do children's in, music and, and yeah. the example you've been like your dad was for you obviously so yeah. you just really continue in a beautiful legacy so, yeah so and i just want to say that work. mark is an awesome musician he's amazing <laughs> his songs have been music food in my life like crazy star child i'll, I'll pay is, you later 9 11 <laughs> calling all hearts i mean his songs well, have been portals you to magnificent openings and he's one of my dearest friends and Lori's book is awesome oh, i have read you. it so i can't say enough about these two oh, so just you, boomerang right back at you guys all right wow. thank you very much well, we're and, having a little love fest here this is great. and as everybody knows uncle mark and i are on a mission to create a world that works for everyone and uplift voices that aren't typically heard so if you or someone you know is an author musician like sarah or an innovator who's challenging old paradigms and opening hearts and minds, we want to help you reach our worldwide audience. So visit riseandshineasone.com to learn more. And very much an awesome show. And, and so to continue to create shows like this, we need your support. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. It's easy. Just visit our website at riseandshineasone.com and use the links on the contact us page to find, like, and follow us. And while you're there, click on our fan club to access premium content, music, videos, extended interviews, and more, and things that we don't share anywhere else. All proceeds raised by your membership goes into creating great content for you and your family. So thank you once again for being with us today, and stay tuned for Sarah's song, A Wash in the Sea of Love. And remember, until next week, Wherever you are, there's always time for remembering to rise Rise and shine.
for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining. It's not all the joy, it's not-